Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Good morning and welcome to Real Life Church. We are so grateful and thankful that you chose to spend your morning worshiping God with us. So whether you're with us in person or watching us online, go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's worship God big together this morning. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul.
God a shout of praise this morning? And I was thinking this week and in this season of Thanksgiving, I'm so thankful for so many things, as I'm sure you guys are too. But with all that said, I'm so thankful that we serve a God that makes a way when there's no way. And he is always there for us. His love and mercy is endless for us. And so let's worship together today, together this morning. And let's just uh, enter into his presence together and worship with all our hearts.
with me. God, we come to your prayer this morning, and we're just in awe of you today, God. Just the fact that you do control the waves and the wind, and you're the master of everything, God, and you're in control of everything. And even though we just, man, we just don't measure up, God, you still love us, and you meet us where we are. And you do that, God, so faithfully, so consistently, God. Help us to lean into that this morning. This week, you know, with Thanksgiving and everything, God, let us just turn to you with hearts full of gratitude, hearts full of thanks, and just give that to you this morning, God. Because it's all because of you. We can't do anything on our own, God. So we raise our our hearts, we raise our hands, we raise our voices, and we just declare our gratitude to you this morning. Change us today, God. Fill us with thanks as we leave this building and let us just take that into the community. Everybody online, everybody here in the room, let's lift that up to God this morning as we declare this in Jesus' name. We say, Amen. Hey, good morning, Real Life Church. What's going on? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? More importantly than that, did you get enough pumpkin pie? All right, I hope so. We've got extra at the home. We can bring it over. We've got coolers if you didn't get enough, because that would be a crime if you didn't get enough of the pumpkin pie. Well, you look great this morning. You sound wonderful. I'm excited to see you. And before we do anything else, can we give a huge, hearty welcome to Real Life Church Online. They're back there. I'm going to wave. Let's let them hear it. I'm going to do this. Can you hear them online? Yeah, they love you. And we're just honored to worship with you today. Hey, everybody here in the room, go ahead and smile at somebody. Maybe a, a handshake or a high five and then go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead. Your neighbor won't bite. I promise. I promise. Well, we're just honored to see you today. And, you know, I want to do something. We kind of started this last week uh, to kind of foster a little bit of connection between those of us here in KT and Real Life Church Online. So I'm going to invite everyone to get their phones out right now. Everyone. And those of you online, whatever device you're on. And we're not going to do emojis this time. I want to do something a little bit different. I want you to type in the comments what your favorite Thanksgiving side is. And I want you to, throughout our morning, I want you to go through and check the feed. And I want you to put a heart on everybody's comment that matches yours. So for example, me, I'm gonna get on there in a little bit and I'm gonna put stuffing. Where are my stuffing people at? There's a few of us, the few, the proud, the stuffing eaters, I love it. Well, stuffing, noodles, I don't know if there's really anything else besides stuffing and noodles, but if there is, you're gonna throw that in the comments and interact with our wonderful people at Real Life Church Online. It's gonna be an awesome morning. And hey, if you're in the room and you got your phone out already, you're interacting, I would like to invite you to open up your Messenger app. And if you're brand new with us today, I want you to type RLNEW, and I want you to text that to 97000, okay? When you do that, a member of our connection team would be honored to reach out to you this week, answer any questions that you might have about Real Life Church and see how we can be praying for you this week. Online, you're gonna see a link right there in the comment section. Feel free to click on that if you're brand new. But you are our honored guest today. We are thankful that you're here. 
If you're here KT today and you're brand new and you've reached out to us, you've done you've done all the homework I've been giving you this morning, right? Uh, I also want to invite you, don't leave here today without going to our new here booth. It's right beyond that wall. It, you can't miss it. We have a small gift for you, just our way of saying thanks for being here today with us at Real Life Church. So guys, a little bit more about Real Life Church. You know, we're a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And so if we think back to this week, you know, maybe you were at a dinner table with somebody that's close to you, but far from God. Maybe they don't go to church. Maybe they've never been to church. They don't know who Jesus is, what the Bible has to say. And you know what? You are that lifeline. You are that person that can directly minister to them. You know, we have amazing leaders in this church. We have amazing pastors in this church. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little real with you, okay? It's not their job to reach every single person. We can minister too. We can minister those people in our lives. I'm going to be real. It's going to be a lot more effective coming from people that we're close with, right? So, yeah, invite the church and all that good stuff. But, man, really be thinking and praying about those people this week. Can I encourage you to do that? Also want to encourage you, if you're between churches or if you haven't, um, if you haven't dove in yet, to joining us on mission at Real Life Church, be praying about that this week. Be praying about that. We'd love for you to join us and just make that impact, not just here in Cass County, but man, online, making a difference wherever you are in the world. All right? That's my encouragement for you. And if you do that, I know you'll be living the blessed life. Isn't that cool when we sync up like that? Man, we're going to wrap up this amazing series today. Again, how timely is this? The week of Thanksgiving, you know, we're going to continue and wrap up that talk of the blessed life. And we've been learning the blessed life comes when we are givers. And today we're going to hear how science and data and research, and I'm going to push up my imaginary glasses right there because that's not who I am as a person, but I love that God makes people way smarter than Drew Holcomb, right? But seriously, we're going to learn how science backs it up, that when we live a life of gratitude and when we give, that that affects us. That affects our mental health, our well-being, our brainwaves. Man, it's going to be so good this morning when you hear that. And I just want to encourage you, as we welcome to the stage our amazing speaker today, we're going to give it up for our very own Diane Petrie. She's going to walk us through how to live a life of thanks and giving and just giving it all to God this week. Make her feel welcome. We're blessed this morning. We got Diane in the house. Come on, Diane. Thanks, Drew. Hey, who's feeling blessed this morning? Give it a shout. Yeah. All hooping and hollering. Who is like, okay, I am blessed today. So you're shouting that down. Who's like, you know what? I got room for another blessing today. Let's hear you shout it. Who could take more blessings today? Anybody? Yeah. Squeeze in, you know, a little bit more room on your plate for that extra piece of pumpkin pie. A little bit more blessing, right? Who's like, I saw the video of a little ways back of a guy shouting out, hey, LeBron, pay off my student loans. Who's LeBron is paying off my student loans blessed this morning? Anybody? Anybody, Joe Biden paid off my mortgage blessed? Anybody? No? It could be just a little bit more blessed. Yeah, we got some people with some prayer and supplication going on in here, like student loans and mortgage. Drew's going to take the full blessing today. He's excited about it. I don't think anybody's ever said, like, no, I'm good. 
I don't need any more blessing. I'm cool. Plate's full. Sorry, pumpkin pie. No room for you this week. Like, uh, I'm okay with just the okay life. I don't need a blessed life. Just okay is fine with me. Just like the, you know, I'll skip on the turkey. I've got my ramen noodles, right? Any ramen noodle fans out there? You're like, yeah, there's a few of you who's like, I'd way rather have ramen noodles than, uh, and most of them are under 18, rather have ramen noodles than turkey, right? There's a few out there. Hey, there's no, no hate on the ramen noodles. We had, that's how I made it through college, okay? Um, ramen noodle life. Or maybe you're in the like, I'll just take the Aldi, you know, dino nuggets, if you know, you know, kind of life. Yeah, there's a few. It's like, yep, I have been to the Aldi dino nuggets. Um, no, but I'm so excited today to get to jump into our last part of this series, The Blessed life. And I'm so excited about like what God has been doing through this series. I know he's been moving in me. This is like a life-changing concept of how God wants us to live the blessed life. And we've been inspired. We started out right off the bat with like, you, God doesn't want your money. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants all of you. And then we learned, you know, it all ends up in a box anyway. So what is it that God has for us? And last week, we were so challenged to be like, you know what? We can be a fourth level church, have that fourth perspective of it's not mine. I just manage it. It's all God's anyway. And so let me challenge you. If you haven't been tracking along with this series, go back online, check it out. It's been so inspiring to see how God is moving through wanting the blessed life for us. So I hope you're excited about the blessed life this morning. I am. And I want to jump right into learning about what God says about the blessed life. Um, and this really jumped out to me um, in Acts 20, 35. I want you to read this with me. This is Paul talking. He says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. It is more blessed to, what does it say? To give than to receive. So God's telling us right there, the recipe for blessed, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I want you to know it is not unblessed to receive, right? He doesn't say it's blessed to give and it is not blessed to receive. Because we're blessed when we receive, right? Like it's, it's a blessing when we get help from somebody, when we get that hand up, when we have things that God gives us, our money, our possessions, our jobs, those things are, we are blessed when we have those things. But I love it here that God points out that it is more blessed to give. So it is more blessed to give that help to somebody. It's more blessed to be that hand out or that hand up for somebody in their hard time. It is more blessed to be able to give and serve of the things that God has given us. You know, it's like you're blessed if you have $100, but you're more blessed if you give 10 of it away. You're blessed if you make $100,000 a year, but you're more blessed if you give 10,000 of that away. Or it might be that you're blessed if you are, you know, in a support group like Alcoholics Anonymous. You're in that group. You are blessed to be in that group. But you are more blessed to be a sponsor to help others out of their addiction. And can I say, you are blessed to be a part of Real Life Church. But you are more blessed when you give back, when you serve on our team, when you make that difference for people who walk into our doors here. And so I'm excited to jump in to look at a little story here that I think illustrates this idea of the more blessed life to see what we can learn from this story. So it's kind of infamous story, got some bad news in it, but it represents this truth and it's about 10 lepers who encounter Jesus. So we're gonna jump into Luke 17, 11 through 14. And it says this, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. 
as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him there. So if you don't know, leprosy is a like bacterial infection, not like a, it is a bacterial infection. Um, it damages the nerves in your body, so it makes it hard to walk, eventually makes it hard to see, and what lepers were known for is being kind of disfigured because as they would you know, touch a hot thing, they couldn't feel it, their hands would get burned, their you know, body would get injured and they couldn't feel it, and so then it wouldn't heal right, and things like that. So there were rules about how lepers were supposed to ask, act, and so they stood far away. So it says they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, shouting to Jesus, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And they saw Jesus coming by and they were begging him for help. They knew that, they, that he could help them. And so when he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. They received from God. There were 10 lepers, and they were all healed of leprosy. They, all 10 of them received a gift from God. All 10 of them were blessed. I love the little tidbit about this passage that says that Jesus didn't heal them right there. He said, go show yourself to the priest, which is what they were supposed to do after they were healed so they could be declared clean. Jesus tested their faith to say, go ahead and start walking to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. And I love that Jesus gave that to them. But as we continue in verse 15, we can learn more. So it says, one of them, one of the ten, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? In Jesus' mind, this is probably the least likely person to return, the person who was already like not the right ethnicity and wasn't in their in crowd. He wasn't a Jew. He didn't know all the things about the law he was supposed to know, but he returned to Jesus. And then Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Can I tell you that the question that Jesus asked in this passage is one that I hope nobody ever has to ask of me. It's the question you never want God to ask about you. Where are the other nine? Weren't 10 people healed? Weren't they all cleansed and no one returned except this one foreigner? I expected all 10 to come back to say thank you, and only this one did. And so I can tell you that in this way, that one knew it was more blessed to give to return to God what had been given to him. So let's break this down a little bit. Let's see what we can learn from the, there's four things that this one did. And so it starts in verse 15. Well, one of them, when he saw he was healed. So stop you there. The first thing he did was he realized he was healed. He recognized that God did something in his life that he couldn't do on his own. He recognized that he needed Jesus. He couldn't heal himself. And so he said, hey, I received something. I've been blessed. He recognized that. And let's keep going. It says he came back. So first he recognized, but then second, actually there's three things we're going to see that he gave back. So the first is this. He gave credit. He came back to Jesus who gave him the healing and said, all of this healing I got, this is from Jesus. Jesus gave me this blessing of being healed, and I'm going to come back to Jesus. And then it goes on to say, praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet. He gave praise. So recognize the gift. Give credit to where the gift came from. But then I'm going to give praise to God for this gift he gave in my life. I'm going to bow down. I'm going to humble myself. Jesus did this for me. I will praise him for that. And then it says, and he thanked him. So he gave credit. He gave praise 
And then he gave thanks to God for the blessing that he had. And so my question for you guys today is how do we get that more blessed life? Like this one leper, the Samaritan leper who said, you know what, I recognize what Jesus did and I'm going to come back to him to give because I know that the more blessed life, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And it's easy for us sometimes to take a step back and look at what we've been given. So many times we're distracted by all of the circumstances and things in our life, but if we look at what God has given us and take a minute to recognize the giver of that gift, then we can stop to give credit, give praise, and give thanks to God. It says in Philippians, we'll get there in a little bit, but that when we, do our, when we give our prayer requests and petitions to God, we do them with thanksgiving, then he will give back to us. You know, we've been blessed with a lot of things, and God has given us so many things. And it's kind of sometimes a good idea to reflect, because I think if we're real honest today, we've all been blessed by God. Like, we're pretty blessed in America in general. Like, would you agree? Who says you're blessed today? You have. That's right. Yep. Give them a shout. You got blessed. You guys were hooping and hollering about how blessed you were earlier today. You know, you're like, America, like, we're so blessed. Um, but when you reflect back on just how much we're blessed, like, you know, Sean says it's like a race out of graduation in here when y'all really get hooping and hollering and going because we're from Raytown, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> there's no air horns. That's what we need next week, air horns at church. We should do it. Every time Sean says, come on, somebody, be like, air horns. It's going to be really, really good. It's going to be awesome. But <laughs> yeah, I know somebody will now because I said it. So they'll have to be, somebody will have to be the one. Um, but no, I was thinking about how blessed we are and thinking about it in terms of Happy Meal. So we've done ramen noodles. We're doing Happy Meal. We're going, you know, dino nuggets. We're really running the full gamut today. And I was thinking about a few weeks ago and kind of throughout this whole series, Sean has been alluding to those nice golden McDonald's french fries. And I'm sorry, babe, I should have stopped by McDonald's to grab you some fries on the way. I could have also gotten a Happy Meal to show you this, but no fries for you right now. You'll have to wait till after church. Now you're all thinking about fries, like, when's this lady going to get done? We're hungry. Um, but no, so I'm thinking about this idea of a Happy Meal. I looked it up online because I didn't buy one. A Happy Meal, a four-piece chicken nugget Happy Meal is $3.29. I was like, okay, we're pretty blessed. That's kind of, you know, I can get three of those, pop them in the car for the kids. It's a good day. But think about in terms of how blessed we are in America. I've had the opportunity to travel across the world and see how kind of the rest of the world lives. And it's really easier when you've seen it to compare just how blessed we are when we've seen people who maybe are not as blessed, you know, materially as we are. And so some statistics behind that. Um, did you know that 80% of the world lives on less than $10 per day? So you can do the math, it's like 3,600 bucks a year is their income, what they make. It's kind of crazy, and that's kind of, you know, 80% of the world. That's a lot of the world. If you break it down even further than that, 50% of the world lives on less than $3 a day. So there's half of our whole entire world that can't even buy that Happy Meal. They couldn't get the whole thing. It's $3.29 plus tax, so, you know, they'd have to give one chicken nugget back of their four chicken nuggets, chicken nuggets, fries, that kind of thing. It actually says that if you make $32,500 per year, you're wealthier than 95% of the world. So for all of you whose father-in-law said you never amount to anything, now you can take that one back and be like, hey, I'm in the top 5%, you know, okay? You don't have to worry about that. Um, 
But man, we're really blessed. I think about like when I get to leave here today, I get to go out into my van and I can push buttons and all the doors just open and do magical things. I can get in my seat and it's like, oh, Diane's here. It can adjust, you know. I can turn on the little seat warmer. I can push a button and it just starts and I can drive and my car is like, hello, Diane, your phone's attached and your watch knows you're in the car and everything's going. And then I can go to on our way to, you know, pass by 17 places to buy lunch on the way and get them and they'll just hand me the food in the car. Um, I get home and it's like, er, 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 and my car can enter into its own night climate-controlled place to live. Sean says, don't tell them our garage door sounds like that. He's embarrassed by it. It doesn't. I don't, I don't do sound effects, so that's all you're going to get out of me. I don't know. Somewhere where there's room to park in the garage, probably. <laughs> um, no, so we'll go inside after, you know, we get our giant pile of McDonald's french fries, and we'll go in and be like, man, church was so awesome this week. Let's watch some Netflix with 15,000 choices. And we'll be like, there's nothing to watch. And then we'll be in our house, and I'll be looking over at what we affectionately call Clothes Mountain at our house. Sometimes it's dirty. Sometimes it's clean. I don't clean the clothes. Sean does. So Clothes Mountain is there. When they're clean, it's his fault. When they're dirty, it's mine. Um, either way, it's Clothes Mountain because you got to get them put away. Um, but then I'll be, you know, you're, you're the first one, me, I am, to stand in the closet and be like, there's just nothing to wear. I got clothes piled as high as me. But we're blessed, right? We are very, very blessed. And it's easy to get distracted from that. It's easy to be like, oh, the blessed life. I don't have the blessed life. But what I want to challenge us with today is, are we more blessed? We are blessed. We have received. We have received a lot. Um, Not just material things, but we've received relationships from people. We've received people helping us. We've received, you know, our education. There's so many things we've received that a lot of people don't have the chance to get. And so if we want to be more blessed, we want to give back to God what he has blessed us with. I want to share this with you, that only 5% of Christians actually give back. Only 5% are more blessed. And of that 5%, 80% of them give less than 2% of their income. It's kind of a crazy statistic to look to say, how much do we want to be more blessed? Because we don't have a blessed problem. We've established that. We have a more blessed problem. And it's not necessarily a problem with receiving, but a problem with releasing what's been given to us back to God. So I want to take a few minutes and just encourage you with how do we get to the more blessed life? And I'm going to have three things for you. Here's why, here's a story, and here's what. I forgot. I had to look at it. That was embarrassing. Here's what. (laughs) Um, Three things about the more blessed life. It's really distracting also to, like, look at Sean while I'm saying this because he's just like, you're just like, land the plane. I don't know what he's saying, but I can just see his face, and it's, I highly encourage everybody to go into ministry together with your spouse. It's lots of fun. Um, Because I'm grateful for you. Um, But so here's why. So, as Drew shared, I'm a little bit nerdy. I like science stuff a little bit. It's my day job. I do that, too. Um, So there are actually people who study gratitude, which is kind of a weird thing. I didn't know that was a thing. There are people who have actually, like, studied, like, the neuroscience of your brain waves and, like, what happens inside of there when you're grateful. And I thought it was really cool that these kind of, like, secular researchers and big universities are coming to these conclusions that were like, duh, God kind of said that a long time ago. Um, So there's one leading gratitude researcher who concluded that, this is from their actual study that you can pull up, that Gratitude changes our lives, it reduces stress, 
it increases self-esteem, and it improves our relationships. So they did kind of a cool thing where they hooked up, you know, the brainwave little thing, and they can look to see, and they did some things where they watched, like, okay, what's the brain going to do when we give people things, when they are blessed? So they said, let's watch what your brain does when we deposit money into your bank account. So they're watching the screen, watching the bank account go up. Yay, like the brainwaves are going, and everything's exciting. Well, they did something additional where they left it hooked up, and then they said, okay, now we're going to watch what happens when the brainwaves happens with the brainwaves when we take money from your account and we give it to something that's meaningful to you, to a food bank in your neighborhood or some cause that's important to you. And interestingly, when the money went out to something that was meaningful to that participant, the brain actually had more activity for the same amount of money coming in and out. And I thought it was so cool to see that God has wired our brains where generosity and gratitude are on this same pathway First, and then second, I thought it was so interesting that the brain actually equated the same amount of money that we were given that went back out, but our brain thought that the value of what was going out was higher based on the brain activity. Like, isn't that cool? God made our brains to connect gratitude with generosity, and so that when we are grateful, we are able to be more generous. Um, I think that it's, oh, lost myself. Nope, didn't. Okay, so our brains actually attribute, <laughs> sorry, I needed at least one more coffee today. Uh, or maybe not, that's hard to tell. Um, but our brains actually attribute that higher value to what we give and what we have. And so today, like the secret sauce of generosity, how can I be more generous? How can I want to give more things away is gratitude. It's the more blessed life. It's better to give than to receive. And so I love that science finally figured out what we've known a long time. Let's see what God says about it in Philippians 4. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... Notice that. It's every situation. We don't get qualifiers about when we can and can't be anxious. By prayer and petition with, what does it say? Thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't it cool that God knew we were going to struggle with being anxious? That God knew, no matter what we faced, that we were going to have to be thankful to have his peace. I think that's so powerful. There's another story. Here's why we should be grateful. Um, there were 300 people who came to seek treatment for severe depression or anxiety. And so they had 300 people. They were already coming to seek care, and they put them into three groups. One, well, everybody received counseling. So in our terms, everybody received the blessing of counseling. Three groups. The first group, just counseling. Didn't do anything additional. This second group here in the middle, they were to journal about their negative experiences and then reflect on that and talk with their counselor about it. The third group did something interesting. They gave, and they spent once a week, they wrote a letter of gratitude to somebody. And I'm imagining you're going to see where I'm going with this, but you had everybody received, but only one gave back. And so after 12 weeks, they talked with those people, measured their mental health from where they had started. And the people who gave thanks had significantly better outcomes for their depression and anxiety that they came to be treated for. And what was really cool is that those who wrote the letters didn't even have to send the letters to receive the benefit of being grateful. And I thought, how powerful is that? That our gratitude isn't even going to say, thank you, Drew, you did a fantastic job with your intro today, but I just felt thankful in my heart, and I felt better for that. But everybody in those groups was blessed 
with counseling. They all received. They all blessed. But the one group gave thanks. They were more blessed. That study also concluded that gratitude unshackles us from toxic emotions. Gratitude is powerful even if you don't share it. Over time, making deposits in your mental health bank will leave a lasting effect on your brain. And these are things science is telling us when God has been telling us all along that the more blessed life, it is more blessed to give than receive. And so let me ask you a question today. Are you simply receiving a blessing or are you giving a blessing back to others? Are you just blessed or are you more blessed? So it is more blessed to give than to receive. So science backs it up. Your brain knows it. Your body knows it. Now we all know it. God told us a long time ago. So that's why. But here's a story. The more blessed life. So in 2012, I um, had the opportunity to serve for five weeks at a small hospital in northern Ghana. It was part of like an international health rotation. And if you've ever been across the world, clinic day in a different country is a lot different than clinic day here in the U.S. And so we had people who walked from like kind of far and wide, literally. We were the only hospital for miles and miles. So people actually even walked from other countries to come to our hospital because they knew they would receive excellent care there. And they also, um, it was a faith-based hospital. And so it did a lot of good in the community as well. It hired people and it just had a lot of good things going for it. And so clinic day was every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and people would come in. they carry their own medical record, most of them on their head, come into clinic very early in the very beginning of the day because it was first come, first serve. There were no appointment times. So you had to come. You had to get registered early. We had a chapel where the chaplain would pray for all of those who were sick, and then they would come into clinic in a little room, usually three or four doctors or healthcare providers in that one room. Each of us had our own nurse who was a translator and then would kind of help the patients get to where they needed to go after we decided what to do. Um, and so we saw a lot of really common things. We saw pneumonia, eczema, fractures, diarrhea, things that you would see here, high blood pressure. We wrote prescriptions for them. They could go to the pharmacy, things like that. And so things that you would see that way. But I also had the opportunity to see a lot of more tragic things. I saw you know, young kids with very severe malaria. I saw people with tuberculosis who had to spend months and months away from their family to receive medicine every day at the hospital. We saw um, just some pretty destitute situations of malnutrition, some very early preemies who didn't make it. I saw one man um, who had tetanus, actually. And so it was just a very eye-opening and life-changing situation that I was in to be able to experience those things. Um, and so as this, it was nearing the end of the clinic day, and what would happen is the patients would come in, the nurse would know it was their turn to come, they would come and sit down, and then the nurse would chat with the family or the person who was coming to seek care while I reviewed their record, because all the records were in English, and they would talk, and I wouldn't know what they're saying. And so they were talking, and they came in that day, and just like normally reviewed the records, didn't see anything in there, and then the nurse started to tell me that why they came in. They said, actually, our child was here last week, and our child was very sick. And so my brain automatically in nurse practitioner mode is like, they must have similar symptoms. They came here to receive treatment, you know, for that same thing that the child had. And so I'm coming to think through, you know, what could their child have had? And um, I asked, I said, so what brings you in today to see you know, us at the clinic. And the nurse's face kind of dropped a little bit. And I won't ever forget this moment. But um, she looked at me and said, their child was very sick last week and was here in our hospital and we cared for their child. Um, it turns out that their child had what we call cerebral malaria. So there were so many parasites circulating in the blood that it kind of blocked off the brain to be able to do what it needed to do. And um, their child actually had passed away from malaria the week before. And so then I'm all of a sudden like, well, I don't know 
you know, what to do. And unfortunately, we'd seen so many children pass from malaria that I couldn't remember exactly which child it was. I didn't remember them. Um, but they said something that will forever change me and really inspires me to be grateful in every situation that I find myself in. Because they said, we just waited all day and we wanted to come back to say thank you. Thank you for the care that our child received here. You cared for our child up through the very end. And we're grateful that they had a chance to make it because of what you all did. And I thought, man, that's, that's a different clinic day <laughs> than in the U.S. That's a day where, you know, these parents who were far wiser than me um, saw the value in living the more blessed life because they knew even their child having a chance to make it was something they had received as a blessing. But they knew something even more so than that that I think is applicable to all of us here today. And some of us have been in that terrible situation where you've lost a child. I have not. Um, and I am very blessed in that way. Um, but what I've learned from them is that gratitude takes whatever you have and makes it enough. And that was something they knew in that moment, that it was more blessed to give. And so in order to continue in that day, no matter the circumstance, that it would be enough with God. And I want to share with you a verse that kind of highlights that a little bit. It's in Philippians 4. It says, For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. And they knew that. Whatever. The highest mountaintop valley with God, the lowest valley. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this, all this, through him who gives me strength. Through Christ, I can do all this, says whatever the circumstances. Even in Christ, I can bury my child or I can celebrate at a womb that's been opened after many years. I can take a plate away from the table or I can add one in. When the good news comes, when the bad news comes, it says in all this, I can give thanks because Christ will give me strength. Those parents knew, I say they believed, but they really knew far more than I did that it was in the deepest valley of God that his grace and his favor was the most accessible to them because that is the love of our God. Because I don't know what it's like to lose a child, and many of you might, but our God does. Because God loved us so much that he gave. Because God knew what it meant to be in part of the more blessed life. And let me encourage you today, if you're in that situation, experiencing a significant loss, God's not just in control of the good stuff. He's not just in control of the easy stuff. But he's in control of all the stuff. And he's writing a story and so Paul encouraged us in every circumstance that we can do through him who gives us strength. I can tell you that every circumstance that's delivered to you today on earth was sent from heaven. Sometimes there's a different delivery boy, but the circumstance was mailed to you by God. And so then I recognize that the circumstance is a gift. And once I recognize the gift, just like the leper, then I can give credit I can give praise and I can give thanks to God for whatever he's pushed my way. So you've heard why, and that's the story. And here's what the more blessed life looks like. You know, the top two places that receive donations across the world are hospitals and schools. And I think it's 
Because once you've received something, it's easy to give back. You have received a blessing of somebody caring for a family member, a loved one, or yourself of being healed. You want to give back. You've received a teacher who believed in you. You want to give back. You've received a great education. It's easy to want to give that blessing back, the more blessed life, being grateful for what you have. And can I encourage you today that as Christians, people who follow Jesus, we have received so much from God. I said a moment ago, like God so loved the world that he gave God gave us everything in Jesus dying on the cross for us. He gave us life. He gave us freedom from our sins. He gave us the ability to live in all we have. He gave us protection from the sin in the world when we know him. He gave us his spirit to help guide us through everything we've done. It says in the words that in the Bible that on the cross that Jesus took every sin and it was nailed up there with him. It said he became sin for us that knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. And it says that God wants you to be whole. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be together with him. He wants to give you a life of abundant, full of blessings. Our God has so much for you, not just to be, you know, a little bit different, but he wants you to be brand new in him today, made whole, complete. We have received so much that it's time for us to live the more blessed life and give back some of what God has given us. God is asking us today to live the more blessed life. And so I want to share with you what Paul says about that in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Can I stop to say, I think so many of us are looking for a harvest that we never planted. Because God does say we actually have to sow those seeds of the more blessed life. We have to give. You have to do the work to sow. And God will bring the increase of that. But here's what it says, and don't miss a single bit of this because it's really good. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. He tells us how to give, how to live the more blessed life. And then here's what he promises to do on the other side. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He's covered it all for you. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. And now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply righteousness. And you will be enriched in every way. So when you give, when you live the more blessed life, it's more blessed to give. You will be enriched in every way. You will be blessed. And through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So when you live the more, or you live the blessed life, God gives that, that you can take and you can bless others. Because it says through what God has given you, you can bless others others with your generosity. And when you do that, the others receive. So your more blessed life turns into somebody else's blessed life. But when they have received what your generosity has given, then they will live the more blessed life and give back over here. And then this person who has now received the blessed life has the ability to take what God and what you have given them and push it out to the more blessed life. And the cycle goes on and on and on. Somebody receives the blessing and then that person is able to take it and give it back to somebody else. Therefore, living the more blessed life so that somebody else can receive over here to give and to receive and to give and to receive. And in God's economy, he said, and he already knew what we needed to be the more blessed life is to give so that others 
can give because God knew that that was the way we would have the biggest blessing. That's what he has for you today. And this is the more blessed life. What you do on your own is not in a vacuum in God's economy. When you give to others, you give a hand up, you give financially. When you give of your time and you serve, those things are given out so that God can take it and increase it and push it to others and others. Sean says it all the time, the greatest fruit grows on somebody else's tree. That means when I give to somebody else and then they give, it's like grandkids It's like the best fruit because I'm seeing what little bit I gave move onward and onward and onward. And who knows to what end God can take it. Because I really believe that when you give of your time and your resources, when you serve, when you set up pipe and drape, when you're out in the community giving somebody a handout, there's going to be plenty of us who are not going to see on this side of eternity the difference that it made. But I can guarantee you, whether it's here on earth or in heaven, there's going to be people who are thanking God for you. And they're going to be thanking God for how you gave. And they're going to be thanking God that you chose the more blessed life of giving to make a difference because it made a difference for them. When you choose the life that is more blessed, it is more blessed to give. You choose the eternal return on investment and not just the ROI on earth. When you freely scatter what God has given and you see it come back and it come back then you live the more blessed life. And that's why, and there's a story. It's how you live the blessed life. So let me encourage us today, at Real Life, we aren't just a one leper church, 10 who were healed and saved, and only one comes back. I know so many of you, and I've been blessed to know your stories. And I know that it's not just 10% of us doing the work of the ministry, just 10% of us giving, just 10% of us serving, because that's not the kind of church we are at Real Life. I think in real life we can be a 10 leper church where 100% of us are so grateful to what God has done for us that we recognize his gift. And 100% of us can give the credit and the praise and the thanks back to God for what he has done for us here. So who's ready to be a 10 leper church today? Let's pray. God, you're so good, and I just thank you for what you're doing in our midst, God. I pray that we can be people who are more blessed. You say it so clear. It's more blessed to give than receive, God. And I just pray, as we lean into our life, God, we would see all you've given us with gratitude, with thanksgiving, and that we would just be willing to open our hands to live the more blessed life, God, whatever it is that you call us to. For those who've raised their hands today saying, I want to live the more blessed life, God, I pray that you would just give them the boldness, the wisdom, the excitement of what it looks like to be givers of all the blessings you've given us, God. You've given us so much in your son, and we're so grateful. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I don't know if I've ever been blessed with what God wants to give me. And can I say today that Jesus wants to bless you. He wants you to have the fullness of all he did on the cross. So maybe that's you today, and you say, I've never received that blessing from God. I've never known him. If you just raise your hand, I'd love to pray for you. If you want to make that decision today, you can pray this prayer. The prayer doesn't save you, but your heart does. Saying something like, God, I know that you died on the cross for me. You gave everything so that I could be blessed, God, and I want you. I want all of the life that you have to offer I want the life that you covered for me on the cross, God. I'm so grateful for how you have saved me, and I want to give you my life 
in return to live the more blessed way. I'm so thankful for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's give it up for those who have been blessed by Jesus this morning. Come on, what a word. You can leave it here, babe. Good job, babe. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Not just the blessed life, but the more blessed life. Let me get this paper open. So if you made the decision to follow Jesus today, you made the greatest decision you ever make in your life. And you literally leaving here today with the ultimate blessing of Jesus. And uh, for all of us that know Jesus, we know it's kind of an interesting start. Like, where do you read the Bible and what do you do? And what's this Holy Spirit and this Trinity and this kind of thing? And if you made a relationship with Jesus today, you started the relationship, I would encourage you to let us know. We want to help you every step of the way as you start that journey with Jesus. And there's so many people on our team that would love to connect with you. So you can just text, text RLNEXT to 97000. We'll reach out to you and help you on that journey. We also have a gift for you on the way out. There's a red Bible, a red bag, and there's a Bible inside of it. It's got a list of resources, all sorts of stuff you can download just to kind of help you get your mind around, mind around what decision you made today. we got two very important next steps. All right, number one is this. Next week we have Crash Course coming up. It's at 2 o'clock to 4.30. I want to invite you to be a part of the story that God is writing here. I mean, Di mentioned the verse, Acts 20, 35. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And, uh, you know, you're blessed to come to church, but you're more blessed when you give and serve. Amen? You're blessed giving back. And we have a very, very healthy and just amazing team. And uh, you guys experience the difference you're making. I mean, you put out a chair, but you're not putting out a chair. You're making a way for somebody to know Jesus or pipe and drape or serving with youth kids or kids or all sorts of different stuff. So I would encourage you, be a part of the story. Like you're literally missing out on the more blessed life by not giving or serving or spending your time just investing in other people. So I'd encourage you to do that. And uh, when you go there, we're going to talk about what is know God, find freedom, really discover your purpose, who's God made you, and then just give you a space to make a difference use your gifts and talents to serve other people. And so I would encourage you, I know there's so many people have been coming, maybe for a long time, uh, maybe for a few months, a few weeks, and just so much potential what God wants to do in you and wants to use you to bless you. And so I want you guys, make sure you sign up online today, reallifechurchkc.com, and come out next week. Uh, no better way to, to really live your life. Not just spend it, but to invest it in the things of God. Second thing, this, this is going to be really big for our church. This is kind of trajectory changing, chapter changing. The reason I get this paper out, because this is our real life Hope Center commercial building permit. Come on, somebody. Finally got this thing. Come on. I, I'm going to frame the original. This is a copy. It's, well, I'm going to fold the other one, you know what I'm saying? Just give it a kiss. Um, but we spent a lot of effort and time to get to this point. And, uh, and it's just really cool that God has brought us in this season. The Real Life Hope Center has a huge vision. It's not just to have youth group there on the Sunday nights, although we're doing that. It's not just to have worship practice there on Thursday nights, but we're doing that. Or have offices or storage, all sorts of great stuff. But it's a way bigger vision. And for us, we want the Hope Center to really be the central place where people receive hope. In our city, in Cass County, in this area, we want people to go, oh, that's the place that you got to get hope at. And one of the things that we sat down, even with this last week, sat down with Dr. Slagle. He's the superintendent of the Ray Pitt School District, just a great guy. I said, hey, what is the biggest need that's facing your students that's not being met? Uh, what, what's, like, the thing that's stopping students from graduating? Like, what can we do to help serve you guys? Like, what do you see on the horizon? What's going on in the district? And we sat down and talked, and through the conversation, it became really apparent that mental health was one of the largest things that this area and this community is really lacking. If you want to get a counseling appointment, good luck. This is four months out. I know somebody talked to me earlier. Is a year long before they get their daughter into a counselor. And so for us, we thought, man, what better way to use our counseling or our center to do counseling? 
And so we're in the midst of putting together plans and, and have a vision for that, to really just use that space that's not going to be used all week long to really make a difference in poor people's lives that really need it. Now, we cover counseling for our church for, for free. We do that all the time. But why not bring that to our backyard and make an even bigger difference in the life of our city? And so that's just one piece of the vision. I mean, just years out, maybe two, three, two or three years out, we're looking to have transitional like housing, something we put in and that center, the Hope Center, one of the departments would be helping people with mentorships and through um, maybe Celebrate Recovery, Alcoholic Anonymous, bringing people out of drugs, addiction, homelessness in a restorative kind of way. Not just a relief kind of way, which our city does a great job. There's a lot of great ministries and partners that, that feed meals and give clothes and bring gifts. But to actually sit down and mentor in a, a long-term relationship and help people be restored. So a huge vision for our Hope Center, and today just is our heart for the house. And uh, it just so happened that this came right before Thanksgiving. Come on, somebody. I mean, literally. And so now... We get to give and be a part of what God's doing. And so just to be honest, where we're at in the project, just to lay it all out for you, uh, this project's a $115,000 project. Uh, we're doing on a cash basis. We sat down on the board as a team and said, hey, we're not going to get in debt to do the Hope Center. It's just one piece of the vision, and God's going to provide through this. And so thus far, we've raised $70,000 towards that, which is a huge amount of money. And uh, that's just been used. I mean, so we cover, well, it's not been all been used, but we've been covered our construction costs. Like, we're going to get in there, no problem. We have furnishings. But the extra $45,000, that vision gap is going to be used to really make some needed or updates that we could do later, but we'd love to do now. Some of the stuff like having a stage in there, something that would be portable. Uh, some of our studio equipment. We have some studio equipment coming in. But we'd love to have even more studio equipment come in. Uh, it gives us the ability for some of our branding stuff, some of the youth equipment. And so this will just fully fund our entire project. And so when you give to Heart for the House, this is what you're giving towards. You're giving towards planting seeds that make a difference in people's lives. And Diane talked about it so well that we need to multiply the blessing. Like we're blessed in every way and all opportunities to be able to give back and people thank God because of our blessing. And when they thank God, they're actually giving back to God. And they're blessed by God, and then they give back, and that cycle repeats of giving and blessing, and giving and blessing, and giving and blessing. And one day, I'm telling you, you're going to get to heaven, you'll be like, man, I had no idea when I plant some seed in that, the impact it makes. Every person that goes through a counseling session, every youth student showing up and being changed, even the youth leaders, come on, somebody, because God's doing more in you than really through you when you serve. But all those little things that happen, you guys are planting seeds in that Hope Center. So I would encourage you to be a part of this. If you call Real Life Home, this is an all-skate moment. If you're new with us, this, this gathering is a gift to you. But if you call Real Life Home, man, feed the things that feed you and be a part of this moment. We're just asking you to ask God and bring your best one-time gift. So whatever it is, it's not, it's not about the amount. It's just God just bless it. God use it. He can take some loaves of bread and break it, and he can feed 5,000 or 15,000 people at a time. And so we just ask you to be generous and to give as God has put in your heart to give. And it takes all of us. There's not a billionaire in the church. Come on, somebody. If you are, let me know. We'll have a conversation. We're not going to have a hope center. We're going to have another building with it. Come on, somebody. Um, but it takes all of us to do this. And I can't think of any greater way to really live my life than right on the edge of what God's doing. And that's the coolest part about being on the dream team. It's the coolest part about giving is you have a front row seat to the things of God. God uses that. So I would encourage you, be generous in this season towards what God's put in your heart. There's three ways you can give. Um, you guys may know these. The best way to do this, Heart for the House, is probably online. 
reallifechurchkc.com. You can use a drop-down Heart for the House. Um, there's an email coming out. You can click through that link. You can text to give from a millennials. Come on, somebody. I don't explain anything. You're smart on that. Um, but if you get a box in the back, if you want to give that way, you can write Heart for the House in your check or in the envelope, and uh, we'll, we'll mark it that direction. So um, I want to give you one more video. We talked about a few weeks ago that we had a $10 challenge. If everybody gave $10, how could we use that to bless other people? Well, today we finished up that challenge, and i got an awesome video I want to show you. So check it out. Hey, Real Life, Diane here with some exciting culmination to our Heart for the House generosity series. Man, I am just so blown away by how you have been making a difference through this series. So as you know, a few weeks ago, Sean gave a generosity challenge. What could God do if each of us just gave $10? How would we see him multiply our efforts? How would we see people impacted for the gospel? I have a really exciting moment today. In just a minute, we are going to jump on a Zoom call with the pastor of a church in Bogota, Colombia called Conviva Norte. So this church is a newer church plant. They're about seven years old and they are getting ready to start some exciting outreach ministries in their community to reach out to kids in after school programs, some soccer ministries on the weekends. And the exciting news I have is that we are actually joining up with them to be one of our new global missions partners. And next July, we are going to be taking a trip as real life to go and check out all that God is doing there at their church. And so stay tuned. You'll want some more information about that coming up quickly. But I'm excited to share the news of how your generosity is making a difference at this church. So let's get on here. Aleiro. Hola. Hola, Scott. Hola. Me llamo Diane. Mucho gusto. Oh, nice yeah. to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you for jumping on to this call with me today. Um, I'm from Muchas Real Life por... Church in Kansas City. Muchas gracias por reunirnos con nosotros hoy. Yo soy de una iglesia de oh, Kansas City. Se llama Real Life Church. So we've known Pastor Scott for a long, long time and recently connected with him and he told us about your church. For the past three weeks, we've been able to give some money away to some different people in our community, some people in our church. And then I've invited you today because we'd also like to give a gift to you. Pastor Scott has told us about some of the outreach that you all are doing in your community and about just the way your church is growing and reaching out. And so we would like to present you with $850 to use to reach people in your community, to encourage people in your church and to make a difference. This is nosotros queremos Bueno, wow, that's really cool, Diane. That's awesome. <laughs> and we're also really excited because we've been talking with Pastor Scott about being able to bring a team out next July to meet you guys and to help encourage you and help build some of those ministries as well. Oh, wow. That's really cool. This is going to be really special. Yeah, I am sure it's going to be really special. Son las cosas que Dios hace, ¿no? Puntualmente nosotros estamos terminando el próximo domingo una serie eh, que tiene que ver con misiones y estamos invitando a la gente a, a dar lo que hoy estamos recibiendo. Eso es impresionante. It's amazing. Wow. Thank you so much, Diane. Thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias. Es que uh, this, is, this is really cool. One of the things that we've been learning is that um, God doesn't just bless us so that we're we're more comfortable. Or that we're more joyous, 
He blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. So there, there are a lot of churches in, in Bogota. And he's thinking about Bogota specifically. And there's just so much, there's a lot of people that, are, that do give and give and give, but that money stays in those churches. And um, it's not, it, that money is not getting out to be able to help others. Um, I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, it was our pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Uh, I, I hope uh, see you in the this year. Yes. <laughs> the doors in the in the shorts in the country is open. Amen. 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 Thanks. Bye. Un abrazo. Dios les bendiga. Un abrazo. God bless you guys and continue to bless you. Man, it is so cool to get to be a part of what God is doing. When each one of us gives just a little bit, God can multiply it and use it, not just here at Real Life, not just in our community, but across the world, you are making a difference. And when you are part of generosity here at Real Life, that is credit to your account. And let me encourage you, it's not too late. Today we are culminating our Heart for the House generosity opportunity. And let me just say, as we conclude this Heart for the House opportunity, that Sean and I are just so thankful to be able to serve alongside such a faithful and generous group of people. We could not be more blessed to have each of you come alongside what God is doing here at Real Life. And the best is truly yet to come. We have a big vision and with your generosity, we're going to be able to do awesome and big things to help people discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And it's because of you, your faithfulness, your willingness to give. So thank you so much. Thanks for making a difference in the life of just one church across the world. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do next. Cool, guys. Man, give it up for God. Oh, fall down. I loved what that pastor in Bogota was saying, is that even he is challenging his people to be generous. And if we knew that church, most likely we would consider them to be of low means and, and very low resources. But they are joyful and they get to give back. And that's what we get to see them do. That's what we get to see you guys do. God is using everybody in his kingdom to change the world. So thank you so much for participating in it. Can't wait to see what God's gonna do at the Hope Center. That is so exciting. Hey, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. Can't wait to see you guys again next week at 9, 30, and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week.